Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. I am your host. Thank you for being a listener today. I am glad to be here. I get to talk about color today, which is not something that I often get to talk about. Um, But those who know me closely know that I am a lover of color. I really am. Uh, it's it's part of this business that I, I truly enjoy. You know, the, the craft it's, the craft itself is uh, enjoyable to me. Um, I love pulling the brush, you know, doing a nice clean cut line, rolling stuff out. I love all that. Of course, you know, in my as I as I continue to age and my back starts hurting and my knees start popping my shoulder you know my neck is can't do it as much as i as i used to um i'm a little bit more on the business side entirely on the business side these days but i still am a practicing color designer i still help people choose colors now my background i i studied uh i I studied fine arts at uh the Eskenazi School of Art, Architecture, and Design, graduated with a BFA. And so when I first started in the paint business, um, I was still in school and I had customers who would um, always ask me about color. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to figure out colors. Actually, 50% of of, uh, homeowners don't move forward with a painting project because they are stuck on the color. And so color became a big part of of my practice and not everybody can do it um it it does take practice Uh, it takes a little bit of an eye and i think for a lot of painters out there they they see uh getting involved in the color as largely a a liability uh (laughs) because the question is well what if they don't like the color oh that happens you know but when you have when you have a talent for it, it it actually becomes a thing and and I've been uh, fortunate enough to uh, be, be a practicing color designer for, um, oh, I've probably been doing this about 18 years or so. Um, I've been doing it a long time. And um, I, I, I help other contractors uh, do this across the country. We'll do virtual consultations and uh, that can help you, you know, knock down sales and stuff like that. But it is hard. It is hard to keep current. It's hard to make that those recommendations um, it, it takes some some nuance and, and, and uh, uh, good judgment, having a good visual eye. Um, you have to be convincing that you you know there's a whole persona behind it. Um, you know if, if you're if you're showing up with uh, uh, I don't know there's some people they don't they don't scream that they know color okay it's, it's not for everybody but for those who who enjoy it and want to make it a part of their practice, um, you know, I recommend it. Uh, it's, it's really fun. Um, so we're talking about color today, and I actually have uh, PPG on to discuss their color of the year and the um, associated palettes. That's going to be a lot of fun. I was looking at some of their tools uh, before the show, and uh, they've got some fun resources that I think would be helpful. Um, before we get started, in bringing on the the guest today um i just wanted to let you know that if you have not become a member of the pca i i i beg you i beg you to join uh being a part of this community being a part of the broader um you know uh, community of of painters and contractors is one of the more enriching parts of my life. I've developed more friendships through this association than 
um, than probably, I mean, probably even compared to college or even church. You know, I, 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 I have close connection with my brothers and sisters in the, in the paint church. <laughs> we have, we have a close connection. We talk and we, um, and we call each other and we help each other out in business and life. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So if you're not a part of the PCA, you're missing out. Okay. You don't have to be so alone. If you are riding around listening to this podcast and, and feeling like, I'm your, I'm your only friend in the paint business, brother, you got to reach out and meet some friends because there are some folks in the PCA that are here to, to be that for you. They're here, they're here to uh, commiserate with you. They're here to uh, work through things with you here to talk. It's a wonderful community to be a part of. It's a low cost annual membership. I think it's well worth it. And you get PCA overdrive for free as a part of it where you get 500 plus hours it's probably closer to 600 i should probably update that uh it's 599 a month for non-members just included in your annual membership if you be if you join the pca um so that's all that that's all i'm gonna mention today uh in terms of announcements we do have some some shows coming up check out our, our events page for shows in your area little gatherings painter gatherings things like that um, make sure that you get your early bird pricing for expo. Um, but yeah, all is good in the hood when it comes to PCA. So, um, PPG, um, they've, uh, they've got some good products. They got some good products. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I, I remember uh, years ago, I got my hands on a product, I believe it was called breakthrough for cabinets. Very good. In fact, I, um, talked to that customer probably talked to her about a year ago and I think that we had done her cabinets seven eight years ago probably yeah because it was right around the time that my first daughter was being born so I said how are they how are they looking she said they they still look like new so good products good products I'm excited to have them on here let's let's just get this show underway should we should we just get this show underway? Gosh darn it, we need to. Here we go. Let's let's welcome Sarah and Lindsay from PPG. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? Good, good, good. Well, we're doing good. Sarah, you're muted. Got on mute. <laughs> so, um, Sorry, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's a uh, classic. Um, so we're talking color today. I'm really excited. Last time we had you guys on, we talked about trauma-informed design, mm -hmm. which um, was a surprisingly a very popular episode. Um, I say surprising. I hope that's not offensive. No. Um, but I, you know, I just didn't think about it. I didn't think it was something that we would want to talk about or think about. Um, turns out, uh, it's pretty relevant. People, uh, needed to hear it. And so, so we're grateful that, that you're back on to, to talk about new stuff. Um, for, for those who are uh, not familiar with, with who, who you all are, uh, give us a quick background on your, um, individual expertise in the area of, of color and coatings. Sarah, why don't you go first? So I actually have a degree in psychology, but I have a background in residential and commercial color consulting before I started this job as color and design manager for Texas and Louisiana. And we each have our own like special segments. So I specialize in multifamily and new home construction. Um, and Lindsay? So I have 13 years in high performance coatings with seven, the last seven being um, here with PPG, um, working on the, the global team and um, with our dealers specifically. So I, I go across the United States working hand in hand with our dealers on specifications, color, design, anything that they may need assistance with on that. Awesome. Awesome. So, so we've got, we got some good experience here. That's great. Now, uh, 
I think part of the the challenge and the problem that a lot of contractors face with um, with with regards to color and how that fits into their business is that for one, their customer is making a decision that is often an emotional one, you know, one that, um, man, if they don't get this right and they just paid and they, and they, they're on contract for, you know, let's say it's a, uh, you know, eight, nine, $10,000, you know, project. And, it's uh, if they get the color wrong, then all of a sudden there it doesn't matter about anything else. They're not happy with the color. And that's a problem. It's paralyzing uh, for a lot of homeowners. They get so stuck on the color and they can't move forward until they get it. And so you get into this mode where you, you they just can't figure it out. So you got to push them back and it, it, it can create conflict. Um, and I think that I think the big thing is that for a lot of contractors who don't happen to have a, a, an art degree like me, right? They're, they just don't have the knowledge and the expertise in the area. And so it's a lot easier to just say, we, we don't, we can't offer it. Um, or they try to find somebody, you know, local. Um, but I think that you guys have great resources and I want to, I want to learn about them because I think that at least having being able to have a baseline conversation, maybe you're not actually helping the customer pick colors themselves, but you're at least able to have the vocabulary and the um, a baseline understanding of how this stuff works so that you can at least have a conversation and appear knowledgeable. Right. Um, so, so I think that's where a lot of contractors struggle. And if they could just, uh, you know, have a little bit of the language and a little bit of guidance, I think that, you know, more contractors would feel more comfortable with making, uh, making this a, a bigger part of their company. So, um, so tell me, um, you know, uh, how hard is it to pick colors? <laughs> that depends. <laughs> it depends on how much argument we've got going on. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, you have to have the understanding, you know, um, you can, you can look at a simple, a simple white and to somebody who doesn't understand or doesn't comprehend what all goes into a can of paint or the colorants or, or things like that. It, it could have a, a tone to it. That's, you know, more of a cool than a warm and that can, you know, cause different colors that you add accents with to look different because of a warm tone or a cool tone. Um, there, there's truly a science behind it. And, you know, you have to have that understanding, um, you know, of the color will and how things work together and what absolutely does not work together and, you know, how it all blends. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that, you know, when, I'm, uh, I, you know, I, I think back to my days when I was in new construction and this is when I was like first starting off and, you know, the other contractors around would, uh, they'd always dog on the color, you know, they'd always be like, Oh, looks like cat puke or, but you know, it was always so frustrating. It was just so annoying. And, and I, I developed a, you know, a distaste for dogging on colors um, you know, in particular at, at that time, because I wasn't in charge of the colors. Like it wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't me picking them out. And, and, uh, uh, you know, it didn't mean that I was doing a bad job, but it's like, there's kind of saying they don't like my work. So it didn't feel very good. Yeah. Right. Um, but then what really, you know, kind of frustrated me is, is, well, what if the customer was right around the corner and you're sitting here dogging on their color? And, uh, and that's not going to make them feel very confident about the, the end product. Um, but, you know, regardless, it's, it's really difficult. Um, and so, you know, I, I always make it a policy to always say positive things about the color. Never, never dog the color, you know, mm -hmm. never, never dog the color. Unless it's the one you, you didn't paint, you know, this was from before. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I don't believe in doing that either, but. Um, but I, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, we, we have to, um, you know, be very encouraging and, and, uh, supportive of the customer, 
we also have to be informed because just because we don't like it doesn't mean that it doesn't come, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that that color isn't, um, you know, resonating with a broader audience. And from what I understand, when a company goes through the process, um, you know, like PPG, when you go through the process of developing a color palette and a color of the year, it has to pass um, a certain level of rigor to even, you know, make it to the table. And so when, when you guys are, um, you know, putting together a plan, I mean, you, you mentioned before the show that you're already started work on 2025 mm -hmm. uh, color palettes. So what goes into color forecasting? What is the process that you guys go through to arrive at these um, most trending current colors? So I'll start. I think it's a constant process, um, but PPG is a little bit more unique in our forecasting process in that we have eight major business business segments around the world that come together and kind of inform each other of trends and where the where all the color directions are heading for the next couple of years. Um, and it's, it's really awesome because it really helps provide insight for all of these different segments of where things are headed. Um, and Lindsay, I don't know if you want to explain a little bit about the the, wor the forecasting workshop that we do every year. So um, Sarah and myself, along with our, our colleagues, we're actually looking at what's going on in our regions and, you know, kind of seeing how things are, are happening as far as what fashion's, you know, coming off and out of the stores. Um, what, you know, kind of what people's moods are, you know, that that matters. Um, we also take into account, you know, the political climate. If it's an election year, we're not going to choose, you know, a red or a blue that's going to drive a decision one way or another. So mm. we're very sensitive to what's going on around us. Um, and, and we pay close attention. You know, we've, we're starting to see that biophilic design is, is transferring from bringing green in to utilizing more color and more, you know, accent pieces and paint and, you know, putting it on the wall versus just bringing plants in. So that's mm. another thing that we look at. So we take all this information and each one of us individually compile our own reports. And we as a team collectively, you know, present that to each other. And, mm -hmm. and then we all are picking at what, what each other, you know, oh, Sarah had this great point and Lindsay had this great point. And we collectively build a, a very large presentation. Then um, that large presentation goes to the global forecasting meeting. And when they do that, you know, you can have, 30, 40 people in the room together and all of them are there to give their report as to what's going on based on segments, based on their regions. And then it's, it's a whole mess of a table full of color tools and magazines mm -hmm. and samples and, and everything else. And the knowledge and the science behind this is the color that we chose and then we put together a story and tell you why. Ah, okay, okay, yeah. Whoa. That that uh, this process it's uh, it's called nominal group technique is what that's called. So right, and it's <laughs> not a dartboard. I promise. Everybody always asks yeah. us. You just throw a dart at the the fan deck? No, it. No, no, it's, it's really a process. So so yeah, that's that that's exactly nominal group technique because what you're doing is you're. Uh, on an individual basis, you're you're doing the research and in individual rigor, and then you're everybody's, you know, allowed to present, and then you're compiling. What I like about that is that it um, it avoids, especially if you if you start with a diverse group to to begin with, which is what it sounds like you do, because you've you've got the the eight business units that are you know spread out, and it's cross cultural, and so having um, you know, having the perspective of a diverse um, group of people. And, and, you know, I'll tell you in, in, in corporate uh, culture and corporate America, there's such a large push for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, and we're realizing, you know, the, the research is realizing that when you have the, the adequate diversity in a team that it's more, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's more profitable for one, like teams perform better and you get better results and so it's it's difficult it's slow 
Uh, I, I understand why you're starting right now for, you know, for two, you know, for a year and a half from now. Um, but, but it is, uh, statistically it's, um, you know, there's, there's significant research backing this, um, this process of individuals bringing their perspective, having the opportunity to present, compiling and creating consensus around that idea, and then bringing it up for the, to the next level for, uh, support. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the idea of looking at other uh, other things like fashion and, you know, other influences. What are all the influences that are not, you know, I mean, it'd be easy to just go in and say, okay, these are what colors people are painting their houses and just use that. But you, you use more than that. What other influences uh, guide your decision making with the color? So we work PBG specifically works with aerospace, automotive, consumer products, um, architectural finishes. Uh, what am I missing Industrial. Here? Industrial, um, packaged goods. So um, your, your monster energy cans, that's, that's PBG coatings, you know, thing, things like that. Um, so sports arenas, you know, Walt Disney World, all, all of this, it all takes into account. And when, when you start looking and, and you see where different things are going and then you see the proof behind that actually is truly what is happening because, you know, automotive forecasts five years out. So in five years, you're going to start really truly seeing this stuff, you know, mm. being put into place. Um, aerospace, you know, they're, they're seven to 10 years out. And, and it's, it's all based on how long does it take to actually manufacture and, and put this stuff together. So when you, when you work with business units that are those types of segments, you have that knowledge, you have that information, but you've got that, that long of a distance to, mm. to see. So that trend, we, we tell you today, this is what's trending and this is what we're forecasting, but it's going to go beyond just 2024 or 2025. You know, it's, right, it's going to be relevant right. for several years. So that's another great point um, about PPG and, and what we do and, and just everything that goes into the whole forecast. Yeah, yeah, I see. So so there's an element of, you know, yeah, sometimes you get a situation where and, and this happens with every all of the companies where they announce their their color of the year. And, and there's a, a moment of like, mm, you yeah. know. But what we I think we have to think about here is that when it's when we're talking about forecasting, sometimes we confuse new with being bad. But what we're maybe looking at more is, OK, it is new. And in the next few years, two, three, four years, you're going to see this. It's going to take time for the you know, for people to fully catch up. But at some point it's going to um, you know, it's, it's going to catch up and be relevant. And, and the one thing that, that I do that I, that I, you know, preach about color is that it is um, that it is idiosyncratic and it is um, that it is bound by time. And so, you know, meaning that the, the individual is going to have a, uh, a feeling that is unique to them. Um, you know, that what's, what's interesting about color psychology is that there's not really a, 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 a systematic, you know, this color makes you feel this specific thing. It's far more individual than that because, you know, a red could make one person feel great and it could make another person not feel great. And it's, it's individual. And so um, that the element of it being bound by time is that you may have thought that a color that you put on your wall was amazing and beautiful and great and glorious. And I actually was doing a, a virtual color consultation for a woman in Phoenix um, just two days ago. And she was talking about how this uh, coral color that she put up in her wall, she, she absolutely hated it. She, she loved it at the time but now she hates it. Right. And it's, and that's the, the temporary nature of color. It transforms and it, and it, uh, it, it, it evolves over time. 
you know, just, just as it does, you know, with the changing of, of light throughout the day. Absolutely. And, and something, you know, to be mindful about is when you go and you make the investment of paint and you're, you're putting it on your wall, especially if you're doing the whole interior, you, you don't want to do that every two or three years. So you right. want to have, you know, this information at your fingertips or in the back of your mind or whatever to know what the trends are going to be and what's happening and what's going on so that you can make that decision to have that color for the next five, six, seven years, Right. you know, and, and it's going to be in style or in fashion rather than, oh yeah, it's a beautiful color. I'm going to put it on the wall, you know, and, and not have it. My accent wall. Okay. So my first accent wall was 12 years old. Um, now it's up and it's, it's about three years now, but just so happens to be one of our previous colors of the year, <laughs> but you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go back and paint that color of the year every year, obviously right. it, it's one of my favorites. So it's up, you know, mm -hmm. but it took me 12 years to paint it again. <laughs> yeah. And I think maybe I should, maybe I should do that for my front door though. Maybe I should just do the color of the year. That would be my fun. Front door. My front all door. my neighbors know. Yeah. <laughs> My 2023 color of the year. So. <laughs> oh, nice. And I, I think a lot of these trending color palettes can be like a little daunting for homeowners too. But, um, you know, like we like to say it's direction, not dictation. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of just there for inspiration. And even if you're just bringing in these colors and accessories or on a small niche accent or something like that, um, it's a starting point, you know, to kind of get ideas and kind of um, really inspire you in your own space. Absolutely. Yeah. When I was in art school, we, we always talked about this idea of working general to specific and in the space of color, how that manifests is, you know, we might find a general idea. It might not be the exact color that we're going for, that we want, but we just need to get a general idea of like, what hue is it? You know, is it going to be a blue? Is it going to be a red, a yellow, a, a pink, a purple? What What is the hue, the general idea? What is the, you know, what is the saturation level? What is the, uh, you know, what is the, the, the brightness of it, the brilliance of it? And if we start there, then we can always, then, then we start to narrow it down and get really specific. And so mm -hmm. I, I do like the idea of using the, the color palettes as a way to, um, get a, get a start. And then if we need to tweak it for the house and for the lighting and for your furniture and for, you know, your de decorations, that's what we'll do. And that's, and that's, I think where the benefit of, you know, of, of having, uh, you know, a, a consultant is, is, is especially helpful. Um, but having, you know, those tools from the, um, manufacturer are really helpful tool too. even, grabbing the brochures, you know, from, I mean, I've done this, I've done this with, with your stuff. Um, uh, in particular, you, you've, uh, you have some deck products that I, uh, liked a lot when I was in, uh, when I did exterior work and I would grab those, um, brochures because I didn't have a huge, you know, fan deck, uh, for, for, you know, wood coatings. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'd grab one of those uh, brochures and just slap a company sticker on the, on the front. Uh, cause my local retailer did. So I figured I might as well too. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd have it as a leave behind for them. Um, and, but those, what I like about the, the brochures is that it, it starts with a, a, a narrow menu and, yes. and having like the, the part of the paralysis when it, part of the color paralysis is the fact that the, the swatches, the wall of swatches. It, it shows every color that, that, that there is yeah. that's paralyzing. You use the brochures and you can start to kind of, yeah, look at that thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, you can hardly, you know, hold it. So, 2,137 <laughs> color options. How many? 2,137. That's so much. That's mm -hmm. so much. But the brochures, I think do a really good job of kind of, uh, you know, picking that apart in bright bite-sized chunks. Yeah. You find kind of a, um, uh, a, a, you know, kind of like I said, a general idea of what you want. Then you open up the big deck and you, you know, yeah. narrow, narrow it, it down. And, and, and instead of, you know, fanning out the whole thing, mm -hmm. you just ignore 75% of it. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and pull well, that's something else that, that we do within the 
within the trends program and forecasting. And also, you know, we, we've got it on our website as well. You can, you can take a couple of different quizzes. So, mm. you know, a solution to the, the continuing problem is, you know, where do I start? You can easily go to pbgpaints.com and you can follow, follow along with, you know, going to take the, the trends quiz or taking the, playing the car, the color game, the harmony color game. And that's actually going to take 2,137 colors down to a manageable, give you 45 colors mm -hmm. or, or with harmony, it's going to give you, you know, actual true pieces that say 60, 20, 10, you know, do 60% of your, your room, this, this color, 20% in this and an accent with 10, you know, 10% of this until you get hundred percent. But beyond that, it, it will truly give you what you prefer, what areas you prefer to, to have, you know, what colors. So it asks you simple questions and, and it points you in the design direction that you need to be in for where you're most comfortable and what makes you feel the most safe and secure in your home. Mm. And we also, every year with our um, yearly trends, we put out a neutral palette um, trending neutrals, which I think is really beneficial to homeowners or people mm -hmm. that are a little bit more afraid of color um, mm -hmm. or just colors for, you know, large amounts of spaces, that kind of thing. Um, and it's, it's a really good palette of neutrals that we are using and plan to be using in the next couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, let's dive in. Let's talk color, color of the year. I do want to know neutrals because I, you know, my, in my process, um, I utilize neutrals as a, as kind of a, a palette cleanser and a bridge to being able to explore color and individuality in, in, in different rooms. Um, so I'm curious about the neutrals. I'm curious about the, the color of the year. Let's, you know, let's drum roll this and, <laughs> you know, let's get this out. What's, what's the, tell us about the color of the year. Go ahead, so Okay, so our 2024 color of the year is Limitless, and it's a fresh, warm neutral that's kind of a, a honey beige color. So sometimes it can look more beige depending on light, and sometimes it can look more yellow, um, but it definitely has a sunny, optimistic feeling. And we also love the name, you know, Limitless is about mm -hmm. in infinite possibilities. And, you know, we are seeing that shift towards all those warmer shades, kind of getting away from the cool grays, especially after COVID and everybody was stuck at home. People want to feel cozy and warm in their house, not, you know, like they're in a prison. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I am seeing that as well. I am definitely seeing that as well. I'm seeing a shift away from the grays. People are are, uh, you know, it's, it's all of a sudden becoming clinical again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so the warmer shades are coming. So, so how did you arrive at this color? Because I, I honestly don't mind yellows. I think that they, um, they come and go. Um, and if they're uh, done uh, with some subtlety and with some, um, uh, with, with a little bit of a muted, um, you know, you don't want too bright with yellow, um, especially in a residential space. Mm -hmm. um, uh, now my daughter would probably disagree, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, how did you arrive at this uh, decision that limitless, limitless would be the color? So um, you, if you stop and look around you, look at look at what you're seeing on TV. Um, and the first one immediately that comes to my mind is, is Apple's new iPhone. It's yellow mm. fashion. You're, you're seeing a lot of yellow. People are craving. They want that, that cheerful. They want that energy. Um, as Sarah mentioned, they want to move more warm. Um, it's, it's a direction that as she mentioned, it's a direction, not a dictation. It's a direction that was, was just laid in front of us. We were pointed to it. It came to us and it said here, you know, you're, you're going to see yellow. You're going to see the warmth. You're going to see the happy. You're going to see the energy behind it. Um, to the extent that we're seeing the bright, vibrant yellows, as you mentioned, you don't necessarily want that on a, on a wall in the house. It's going to explode <laughs> and you're going to have a whole lot of yellow going on. So we went with a more neutral subdued yellow 
um, because we can't discount the fact that yellow is out there and, and it's happening and it's showing up and it's showing up in everything that we do. Mm. So we chose, like I said, a more subdued yellow um, to definitely be on trend with what's going on in the world and, and how things are moving, but also sticking true to having a yellow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so what, um, you know, what colors are, are you guys pairing with this, with this color of the year? Well, every year we also pick a stain of the year. Um, and we have paired it with black walnut. So, I mean, it is a little bit more elegant, a little mm. bit warmer, darker, um, but it still kind of conveys simplicity and neutrality. So it's a great, it's a great stain color. And it's, I think it's really fun that we do that every year too. I think we're, yeah. are we the only company that does that, Lindsay? I, I believe so. I, I don't so. see there's a whole lot um, around stain of the year. Um, yeah. But, but we do make sure that we have that included. Yeah. And, and in addition, you know, the, the whole palette, the whole limitless palette is all warmer. There's yeah. not very much, you know, even, even our darker colors. So we've got, you know, some Napoleon, which is, is a darker, you know, on the black side of things, a real, real dark charcoal, but it's not a cool charcoal. It's a warm one. You know, mm -hmm. we've got black walnut in there. It's a darker brown, a uh, purple basil. It's a beautiful, you know, dark, deep, rich purple. Um, I know beforehand we were talking and, and you mentioned Merlot. We do have a Merlot in there, you know, so, so we're going with those warmer, even though they're deep toned, warmer base colors. Um, and, and of course the palette, the whole palette is not just, you know, all dark, right? Right, right. Um, we, we do have some pastels that, that come in there, but really, truly, we've only got a few that are, are blue tones and, you know, even the greens are more, more warm, you know? Mm -hmm. So we're really just, we're, we're livening things up. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it feels a little bit like a, um, a revival, um, you know, of, uh, you know, and I mean, some people I think are going to, you know, think that this sounds crazy, but when I look at what young people are doing, they look crazy to me, but it feels a little bit of like a, a, a revival of late nineties, early two oh, yeah. thousands. For sure. Right? Yeah. So and, that's uh, it's all the that. fashion tones and even the shoes. I just bought some shoes that I think I had the same pair in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh, these are cool. I'm glad they came back around, you know? Yeah. So it definitely does. History does repeat itself. Um, I think that with like the yellows and the browns and everything, I think we're doing it in a little bit more modern and fresh way this time around mm -hmm. um, than what we saw in the past decades, but definitely coming back around. Got it. Got it. So, so I would, if, if you're, um, yeah, if you've been in the game for a long time, you know, like I have, uh, you know, don't, don't knock the trends that are coming back around, you know, like don't say, Hey, Oh, I used to, this is, I used to paint this 20 years ago. Well, yeah, you did. And, uh, and the thing is that the, the, that, that sensibility is coming back around. And, um, you know, I, I've noticed, um, you know, I've, I've noticed a lot of people moving away from, um, you know, mid-sensory modern and, you know, last year, especially, was um a, a revival of of bohemian era and you know the i love i i actually love boho um and uh have been kind of starting to incorporate that into um into into my house in different areas you know with different furnishings and things like that and if you you know if you lived through the 90s especially around like 97 98 you know around that era we as young people were looking at the early fashions of our, you know, the fashions of our parents, the seventies, you know, the, the flares had come back, mm -hmm. you know, that, well, we called them flares, but they were called bell bottoms, you know, when my, yeah. when my mom wore them. And, uh, and so the, there was that revival in you and what you, what I think we forget is that the seventies were just 20 years ahead of the nineties. It it's seems... crazy to think like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I when think really... about <laughs> when I think about that, sometimes <laughs> I 
I cry. I yeah. I saw a picture um, of my mom in the '90s and her friends. They were um, it was early '90s, and they were um, dressed as hippies for Halloween. That's crazy. Isn't that funny? It was yeah, early '90s. Crazy. So this was this was really just they were for Halloween dressing up like they were, you know, like it was twelve years prior. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what, what does 2010, what would 2010 even look like? How would I dress up like a 2010 person? I, I'm probably still wearing the same clothes. It's crazy. <laughs> I love the fact that you're bringing this up, though, because this is all something you you're the one who brought this this point up in the conversation. We've got it in our presentation. Oh. We specifically talk about a renaissance, you know, and and it's it's shaking up the societal norms and it's blurring that traditional and that classic as to what's progressive and modern and moving it forward. Um, and it, it really does come with rebellious attitudes, but we truly talk about, you know, the Renaissance and, and where things have been and that history behind it. And now it's being brought in and we're seeing it again. And it's, it's, you know, really like the, the blending of the past decades too, not yeah. just, oh, the the 90s, we're seeing a lot of 70s, 80s, 90s all blended together now and kind of like a new retro feel. Right. It's like color blocking and monochromatic schemes and that kind of thing. So it's it's pretty cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really unique, especially especially Gen Z. And I, you know, for for those of us that are uh, quickly becoming old timers. It looks crazy to us, but uh, it's it's real and it's and it's here and it's and it's going to be influencing things. Um, you know, for the next decade, I, I, I believe that's um, I believe that's true. I mean, I think that uh, you know, in, in the '90s, if if you had you know told me that '60s style was going to come back, um, I you know there there would have been no way. It just didn't. It wouldn't have computed. Um, and similarly, that's, you know, I, that's kind of what's happening in my mind. It's like, I, 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 I never wanted to see a Jinko jean for another day in my oh life. Oh my God. <laughs> but, I definitely had a couple pairs of Jinko jeans. So. Yeah. Oh, phew, was my if you whole look wardrobe. back at pictures, <laughs> if you look at, back at those pictures, you're like, oh my God, who let me wear that? But. Yeah. And then I, and then I saw a kid just the other day, Jinko jeans. And I'm like, Are you who let you out? You know, That's funny. <laughs> so again, it's it's funny you're bringing this up. This up, and you're specifically talking about Jinko jeans. Our group, our our color team, we have a, a group text going. And what was it, Sarah? About two or three months ago, we were talking about Jinko jeans and yeah. trapper keepers. And yeah, <laughs> this is all stuff that's truly relevant. And mm. this this conversation right here, you know, I I like to to say it, and I mentioned it to Sarah a couple of times. This is validation that what we're doing and the forecasting that we're doing, it it's true and accurate. You're talking about it and you saw it and we're talking about it, you know, and so we are frontline. We know exactly what's going on and and where things are going and what's happening in the world to be able to call ourselves experts. Yeah. Yeah, or even like Barbie pink right now. Mm -hmm. You know, oh. like this year, who would have thought Barbie would come back so strong and and we would have those colors, Funny you movie. know, coming to light again. It was a great movie. Yeah. You know, I was I wasn't <laughs> expecting much, but I thought it was great. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I you know, I'll, I'll tell you the the thing that I hope doesn't come back are the tiled countertops. I really oh. hope those stay where My they are. Magnolia wallpaper. <laughs> Magnolia. Oh, I like magnolias, though. I love magnolias, but I don't want the magnolia wallpaper. That, like really old looking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We actually got a sample kit. Sarah, it was before you came to work with us. And and it included, it was during Nightwatch release. It, it included the Nightwatch color sample and they had some mobs in there. And I called, I called one of the team. I was like, listen, you send me some Magnolia <laughs> wallpaper and I quit. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'll do the, I'll do the, the colors, but I'm not doing Magnolia wallpaper. <laughs> you know, so, so the thing that, um, that, that is really coming, you know, kind of present to my mind right now is this, um, is, is the, idea that what we do you know the codings industry it is 
it is cultural. Yeah. It is it is part of what makes us who we are as individuals. And that's what makes it both powerful, uh, beautiful, um, in demand, and amazing to be a part of because we are in a very real way um, creating and, and um, I would say, moving our culture forward. And, and the way that we do that, um, you know, I think it could be, there's, there's this book, uh, an old book by a man named James Allen. It's called As a Man Thinketh. And it, it uh, the idea is, you know, as, as a man thinketh, he is, right? I think that's, that's probably in the Bible or something. Uh, but the idea is that he says that if you, um, if you cultivate and nurture the mind, it will grow, you know, and flourish. But if you don't do anything to it, what will happen is useless weed seeds will sprout. But either way, something is going to grow. And so the, the point is, is to be intentional about how you live, to have intentionality. And as painting companies, I think that if we just merely are the applicators and we are not thinking forward and we're not thinking about um, how our trade and our skill and our art, how it moves the culture forward, then we will end up returning to things like tile mm -hmm. countertops. Um which, Magnolia wallpaper. <laughs> Magnolia wallpaper. Mm -hmm. the, that combination, and it's always the, it was the forest green and yep. the and red is what it was back mm -hmm. then. Yep. And it's so bad. <laughs> my, my, my parents had forest green tiled countertops. So <laughs> that's it. it. Yeah. You, you watch Home Alone. That's what it looks like in there. Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> And so, and so, you know, it, I think it is on us to, to be intentional and to be informed uh, about design. I, I do believe that painting is a design trade. And, um, and if, if we're not intentional, um, I, I do believe that we could, uh, we could be really doing some, some, uh, a disservice to, to our clients and, and to the culture. Yeah, there, there are certain eras of architecture, and I know that I know that Lindsay, you you work with a lot of uh, architects. Um, there are certain eras of American architecture where the education it's 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 what basically happened is that architects became part of in uh, of like the engineering trade, right? And and almost architects were engineers. What's interesting about um, my school is that they pulled architecture into the school of fine arts because they wanted to move architecture away from being merely a uh, subset of engineering and bring back the artistry that, um, you know, that, that uh, centuries of artisans and, and practitioners, um, you know, worked hard to make beautiful, beautiful buildings. And you look at a, you know, you look on any college campus and you'll see the old, beautiful, ornate, decorative buildings, just beautiful masterpieces of, of artistry. And then you get to like the 70s and 80s and it's just like, oh, gosh, what happened? And it's just big blocks of, you know, brick and stone. And it's just so utility driven. I think that we live in an era where we're justifiably and certifiably over utilitarian architecture and um, and moving into and, and embracing the ornate, which is really a really beautiful thing. Um, this has been a, a really great conversation, you guys. Um, I appreciate you being on. If we uh, want to know some of the color tools and resources that PPG has, where should I send them? Uh, PPGpaints.com. Um, as you were saying before, we do have a color visualizer that's really fun to play around with. And like Lindsay said, there's different quizzes you can take that can kind of show you which trend collection you fall under. Um, so there's some really fun things under there as well as all of our, our tools. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. It's been a it's been a live one. 
And uh, until next time, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy seeing you back on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, there we have it. Uh, Sarah and Lindsay with PPG, um, talking color, one of my uh, favorite topics. Uh, you could maybe you could tell I got a little little passionate there at the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm just a person who is who cares about aesthetics, and and I truly feel that when you um, when you look good, you feel good. I believe that. I believe that um, when you are intentional about your design, um, in particular the design of your home and uh, and the way that you you know the way that you adorn yourself, when you're intentional about that, when you use it as a medium of self-expression, that you feel more connected to the person that you feel you are, and so by virtue of making those intentional decisions to design your home in the way that you want it to be, you are really designing the life that you want to have. You're, you're designing happiness is what's happening. You're designing fulfillment. And, and that's very real. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a, I could, uh, I'll, I'll slide my sources on that. There's a, there's a, a study that I read, um, about, environmental design and how it impacts our negative and positive affects and a lot of it has to do with the idea of personal control belonging and identity and so as you are um, strategizing for the new year consider ways that you are that this is actually a design trade um, you know I I've done this, you know, I've moved away, moved away from it being just kind of your roughneck, you know, uh, uh, construction trade type thing, you know, um, you know, I've moved away from, uh, you know, the, the, uh, everything sounding like it's, you know, coming out of Sons of Anarchy or something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's a much more delicate trade, it's much more beautiful, and, um, and, and I think, me, I'm prouder of the company that I have. I think our customers are happier with the results that they're getting, and uh, and and I think that I think that you can have that too. So um, maybe you don't have the talent for color, and that's okay. But at least have the appreciation of it, and and connect with somebody. Um, you know, whether you're your community or shoot, connect with me. Um, I'd love to help you out. All right. Uh, thanks to PPG for um, being on the show, uh, sending us our guests. Um, they are a national sponsor, of course, so uh, support them. And uh, thank you to the PCA for producing this show. Um, this has been a PCA production. My name is Torlando. I'm your host. And this has been Paynet. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painted Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.